Are you ready to spend some time with a couple of chilled out entertainers? Because the movie men are back. Did you miss us? I'm Callum O'Toole and I'm joined as ever by a man who's never redundant, assistant to the regional podcast host, Johnny Smith of the latest picture show blog. How are you doing, Johnny? I'm very good, thank you. You had a good week? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Yeah, went to see Morrissey last night. I did go to see Morrissey last night. Got my t-shirt, just so everybody knows it. Yeah, what did you what did you eat? There was no meat on offer, I believe. Um, think I snuck in some chicken nuggets beforehand. Lucky <laughs> he didn't see you. You'd have been but, shamed. But uh, I kept that on the quiet. Publicly named and shamed. I would have been flogged. Yeah, flogged with a wet plump on. Well, from a legend of music to a legend of the the screen, Robert De Niro, uh, he's announced that he'll be building a luxury hotel in Covent Garden in London. But what I want to know from you, Johnny, is if you could design one room in his hotel, what would you do with it? If you could channel, channel your inner Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. When am I not channeling my inner Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen? I can um, tell by your shirt that you are right now. And that, those long ringlets that you're wearing. Um, and my billowy brow. <laughs> so, anyone, who, anyone who didn't watch Changing Rooms in the 90s probably got no idea what we're talking about. That's probably most people now. Yeah. Um... I thought basically that you'd have a pricing strategy where the less you paid, the worst room you get. So okay. the bottom room would be based around his films as well. So yeah. if you pay a top tier room, you're going to get a taxi driver room. Okay, good. Which would be either like his apartment in taxi, a dingy, horrible apartment, yeah. or a horrible sort of streets in New York with. But, but surely, if you're paying prostitutes, <laughs> if you're paying a lot, of, a lot of good money for this place, surely you want a good one. So true, but you're paying I'd for authenticity. Like, like a taxi bed, though, like in Friends, yeah. when you've got the race car bed. You could have that. a taxi bed. That'd be great. But I think that the cheapest room would just be full of TV screens, and it would just be showing uh, background part. Right. Or any of Robert De Niro's films from the last 10 years, just <laughs> yeah. on repeat in sort of a torture chamber, almost. I like, I like the taxi driver room, actually, because the, the, then like the bellboys could tip you as they came in. You could be in your little taxi bed, and that's the rule. They have to come in and tip you. You don't tip them back. That would be good. So you could actually make your money back, even though it's the most expensive room. Um, I'm going to build the catnip suite. Okay. Okay. So it's not quite what it sounds like, because catnip is, is good for cats. Well, they like it, yeah. don't they? Yeah. This is actually uh, referring to um, in Meet the Parents, where you know uh, yeah. the cat nip is actually the cat nipples, where he has oh. to milk the cat. Ah uh, yes. Yeah. So um, it's it's you know this is pretty on the level of your bad grandpa room. This isn't at the top. This isn't the top level of your taxi driver room. This is ground floor dodging the bullets kind of room because uh, there are cat nipples everywhere in your room, and before you can go to sleep, you have to milk them all. So it's quite a devastating undertaking to be staying in the catnip suite. It sounds like a horrible hotel. David Lynch film. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does actually. Well, maybe uh, if he's listening, maybe he's going to use it as inspiration for his next thing. But Robert De Niro, David Lynch's his new collaboration, I think that's it. Yeah, that sounds good. A catnip room in there. But I think the bad grandpa room and the catnip room actually could be features of his hotel because uh, I don't know if you realise, but in 2015... Uh, Robert De Niro's Nobu Hotel in Manila was named the worst new luxury hotel. <laughs> so maybe he's gotten ahead of us. Maybe this is old news and he's actually been doing these things. I think Robert De Niro's just become a massive troll. He basically <laughs> just makes terrible hotels, terrible films, terrible choices in interviews, just to basically take the piss out of everyone. He probably just made, did the old Faustian pact. Found the devil on the corner and said, "Put me in all these great films." And the devil's like, "Okay, well, then you have to be in some terrible ones later in life." And he's like, "Fine." And to be honest, I don't think he really cares. I think he went to the same dealer as Al Pacino. <laughs> Start off well and yeah. go slowly downhill. That's very true. And then, so like the kind of end point for them both was Heat, I guess. Yeah. And they both both appeared in Heat, and then from then it's just gone. They shook hands and went, "This is the end." <laughs> yeah.
I'm putting a tour together. Let me take you down the quality street. On the road is where I really come alive. We're both just trying to make it, but he just has me rapping about a lot of weird shit. Black people aren't crazy, fat people aren't lazy, and dwarves aren't babies. You well, Robert De Niro actually links in fairly nicely with our film this week, because obviously he appeared in an episode of Extras, uh, which was Ricky Gervais's second sitcom after The Office. And our film this week, our new film, came out on Friday, so we're actually early for once. We are bang on time. Reasonably on time. <laughs> Usually we're about a week out. But we're going to be doing Life on the Road, which is, uh, it picks up the David Brent saga. So it follows the former manager of Wynum Hogg, the paper merchants in Slough, and the self-proclaimed star of BBC sitcom The Office. Uh, he's now a singer-songwriter and a rep, but he's setting up a tour to give it one last crack at breaking into the music business. Obviously, Ricky Gervais plays Brent, and there's support from rapper Doc Brown as Brent's long-suffering protege, and Joe Hartley as Pauline, seemingly the only other person on the planet who can stand him and one of his colleagues. So, Johnny, I didn't, well, I know we're both huge, huge fans of The Office, the original series, TV series was on BBC in the early 2000s. Was this a worthwhile outing for David Brent, or did it detract from his legacy a little bit, do you think? I think, in all honesty, it was probably a film that never needed to be made. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we all feared, and then after watching it, yeah, it could have been an hour-long TV special, really. I think when you look at the gap, I mean, The Office came out, what, 14 years ago or something? Yeah, 13, 14 years ago, yeah, something like Quite that. a while ago. And he hasn't really revisited David Brent on a regular basis. No, just for the Christmas specials. With something like Alan Partridge is always sort of been bubbling along yeah. with Steve Coogan so when the film came out Alpha Papa it sort of felt you know you you were still part of the character and still knew him Yeah. whereas David it's been such a gap that it feels sort of like we're, we've lost touch with him a bit I think one of the sort of things that I was a bit strange was the original cast of The Office you know Gareth, Tim, Dawn all that are great and when you I've been watching it back recently and it's great to have them as sort of uh, you know, to counter David Brent's yeah. awful, cringeworthy, you know, persona. So, but they were sadly lacking in the film. There's Not a, even sort of the odd cameo. You know, they're all quite big now, but surely he could have got like Mackenzie Crook round to do something. That's what I thought. I thought if anyone's going to turn <laughs> yeah. out, I was like, he hasn't done anything apart yeah. from being Pirates of the Caribbean with one eye. <laughs> yeah, and he was in Game of Thrones. But then the most recent thing he was doing was a BBC sitcom based around people with metal detectors oh yeah with Toby Jones yeah. written by himself so um, yeah surely he's surely Mackenzie Crook's hard up enough that they can oh, I thought him. he'd probably go back to Wernham Hogg at some point mm-hmm. you know pop in and he'd be the only one left there yeah and Jasper Carrot's daughter that plays Dawn haven't seen anything of her yeah. since no idea so yeah Martin Freeman's a bit beyond now but like, the, the office broke them all surely you get the old band back together literally yeah. <laughs> as opposed to I thought uh, Finchie would probably make an appearance yeah Finchie he's doing the football manager voiceovers though isn't he I saw him recently in that film The Witch oh, yeah. which was very odd because you basically got Finchie from The Office playing a pilgrim yeah bloody good rep <laughs> as opposed to David Brennan he's a pretty terrible rep in this actually um, so you mentioned Alpha Papa Adam Partridge there in that they went for quite a more of a cinematic Style. There was a real yeah. departure from the TV show, less of the ahas. This was very faithful to the style of the TV show. Do you think that worked, or do you think they should have gone down the Alpha Papa route? I think probably going down the Alpha Papa route would have been a bit better. Mm-hmm. But then again, Alan Partridge as a program was probably was less you know documentary style as The Office was. Yeah. I think really after an hour and a half of of David Brent, you, you get a bit 
fatigued of him yeah. laughing at himself and that stupid grin. It was a funny yeah. film because it got quite dark yeah. at a point when it was sort of like this is sort of a deluded man who's had a mental breakdown yeah. and is spending all this money living a dream that he can't achieve. Yeah. Which is, is kind of sad. It was pretty sad. And then as soon as it sort of hits rock bottom, it's sort of like, ah, everything's fine, don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, it sort of needed to either go down a sort of more serious route, look at him, or or not go down that route at all. Ricky Gervais has in the past been very good at actually addressing that in, in, a, in a comedic way. This was just like kind of thrown in and then it was like, that's, that, now that's done, let's move yeah. away from that now. The thing is about that though is, have we felt those kind of emotions for David Brent before though? You know, this didn't really give us a great deal that we haven't seen him do, you know, in the Christmas special for instance, at the end of the series, The Office itself. Yeah, it, we didn't really learn a lot more, did we? No. About it, it was it's sort of you know it was nice to have him back for yeah. an hour and a half, but it didn't feel like it was particularly necessary. With this, it was basically just him, you know, playing a crap gig, having a sing song, looking a bit lonely with a pint. Yeah. Repeat. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So let's give it a rating then. Out of ten, what are you gonna what are you gonna say, Johnny? Um, I think I'm gonna go with a four. Four. I think it was it was it was watchable. Yeah. But it just you know nothing nothing really stood out at all. I think it had a lot to live up to, and it didn't hit it didn't live up to it. But if it had been a standalone thing, I don't think it was too bad. So I'm going to give it a six. So we balanced ourselves out at five out of ten. Sounds about right. Middle of the road, like foregone conclusion. We are going to get a little bit funky. Um, probably too funky. Is the lead singer cool? Just when you're thinking can't get any worse, you shoot a fat girl in the face with a T-shirt gun. I never keep the T-shirt, so it won't fit her. Right, it's time now for Johnny's challenge. So what have you got to challenge me with this week, Johnny? The big quiz, the big quiz. Big quiz. So last time I gave you a quiz on movie taglines. It's quite a tough one. It was quite tricky. Yeah. <clears throat> I hope you haven't decided to use that as um, an excuse to... Do me over here. No, I think I think it's okay. I think you'll you'll do alright on this quiz. Yeah. So this week, sticking with the sort of musician theme, it's gonna be I'm gonna give you a film and mm. you're gonna have to say who the musician is who makes a sort of cameo or appears in it. Okay. When didn't we do we did top five cameos for the um the last one I saw the light. So we're getting very musical with our things yes, these days. We, you know, on the road. It's two before. musical films in a row. So we probably need to never do any more musical films after no, this. Unless it's a you know, an actual musical, which I'm sure you which I know you really enjoy. Oh, right? love a musical, <laughs> can't get enough of them. <laughs> Good stuff. Right, let's crack on. What are we gonna do for this what we got what we got? So first film is Wayne's World. Mm-hmm. So you just gotta tell me who is the musician, artist, band who appear as the sort of major cameo. Alice Cooper. It is indeed. And also, that was in the top five. Was it? <laughs> yes, this is going to be great. Well, if I can remember the top five, I might might be able to luck out here. Ooh. <laughs> it was about a month ago, so I don't think anyone can... Certainly the listeners won't remember. No. The short memory in this business. Yeah. Um, so, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Oh, yeah. Keith Richards. Of course. Was he in the top five? I don't think he was. I don't think he was. Playing... Uh, Playing Johnny, Johnny Depp's, Depp's dad. dad. Captain Jack Sparrow's dad, the High Sparrow, being his uh, usual drunken self. Yeah, didn't really need a lot of makeup. Keith Richards, drunken dragon himself. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they didn't actually give him. They any probably makeup. just he just appeared on set and they went, 
Yeah. Well, you done? No, I haven't had any makeup yet. Talking musical cameos, a bit of, bit of an aside, but the uh, a vision of Ringo Starr has started appearing on my window, my flat. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like someone's round their face against the window, and like it's just stayed there now, like the grease of someone's face. It's, I'm pretty sure it's not my face because I don't look like Ringo Starr, but that's actually happening in my flat now, and it's quite freaky at night. You just glance up if the street lights are shining on it, and it's it's a it's a shot of Ringo Starr. I think it's probably one of the quite traumatizing waking up seeing Ringo Starr at the best of times. It can be, it can be, yeah. And just that voice of Thomas the Tank Engine, yeah, coming <laughs> yeah. from the dark. Yeah, some kind of like really nightmarish Thomas the Tank Engine situation going on. Yeah, smashing through the the living room of my flat. Again, sounds probably like a David Lynch film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've obviously got quite. Lynch-esque in, yes. in, in our time. The off. weirder the better. Been watching too much Twin Peaks. Too much more Holland Drive. Anyway, back to the quiz. The <laughs> important things. Uh, number three, Men in Black 2. Oh, Men in Black 2. Wow. Right, I have seen this. But not for a while. So. I didn't know this one until I'd, I'd read Ooh. it. Mm. Um, God, I'm, I'm sure if I sat here for like 20 minutes I could possibly have a thing, <laughs> but... As as that isn't a very good audio feature for the listeners, I'm just gonna go with Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith is it? <laughs> yeah, not the man I'm looking for. Not though. technically a cameo, I suppose. It is, in fact, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Yeah, he appears as like an agent in the uh, in Does whatever he? the industry they work in. Oh wow, like, didn't know yeah. that. He just appears on a screen, yeah, looking oh. very odd. Good. As usual. Brilliant, brilliant uh, bit of trivia there, brilliant bit of knowledge. Really strange. I don't think anyone ever noticed that at the time. No, no. Is he is he doing anything sort of untoward, anything a bit dodgy? Um, not that I can see, but I can't see his hands. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Or his feet. He could be moonwalking. Number four of this is uh, Quadrophenia. Quadrophenia. The nineteen seventy nine mod extravaganza. Mm-hmm. I'll give you actually there's two so I'll, I'll give you I'll give you either <coughs> is it the whole who no the who don't appear in it they're not the soundtrack does they soundtracked it but but they mm. don't actually appear really. Ray Winston's in it isn't he he is in it um, and the other guy who does Park Life oh yeah Phil Phil Daniels yeah Phil Daniels not because yeah. Paul Daniels which he <laughs> quite often do yeah the late Paul Daniels he's doing magic in heaven yeah <laughs> Uh, oh, Quadrophenia, this should be easy. But then I honestly, when I saw this, I think I was about 10. Uh, I can't, I don't know. I don't know. Who is it? It is Sting. Sting? Sting, oh, who plays now the, you say the that. ace face. Yeah. The, is he on a motorbike? He is. He's the, the yeah. super mod. Yeah. Who ends up being a bellboy at the end. Yeah. Bell end. Uh, he's in. <laughs> He's in. Uh, he pops up a few things, doesn't he? Obviously in Lockstock as well. Speaking of a uh, sting, he gets a gets a mention in on the road. Yes, yeah, not called. Apparently. Not, not called. Sting. Called not, to David Brent. Not like, so yeah, not pretty like damning. Mick, not called like Mick Jagger, and I can't remember the third person he names, but no, I can't. No. Um, so number five. So I'm I'm fifty fifty now, so I need this. I think you'll get this one. It so. is the wedding singer. Okay. Uh, with Adam Sandler, uh, it's Billy Idol. It is Billy Idol. I was going to say Billy Talent or Billy Joel. It's Billy Idol. Billy Idol and his peroxide hair. Yeah, yeah. He did, so he deputises, doesn't he? At the wedding is that right? Or does he sing to him on a plane? He's on a plane. Yeah, he's yeah. on a plane bit. Yeah, I can remember the wedding singer, classic Adam Sandler. Before Mid to Adam late Sandler 90s. did a similar deal with the devil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because his films used to be watchable. Now they're just utter, and then utter made trash. Jack and Jill with Al Pacino. At, at the time, you didn't mind 
Billy Madison and and stuff like that all being quite similar. Billy yeah. Madison and Happy Gilmore and the Waterboy all being quite similar because they were watchable, but now it's just like, what are you doing? He hasn't really grown up a lot, has he? Mr. Deeds onwards. <laughs> Grow up, Adam Sandler, that's all we're saying. That's all we've learned from this quiz. You billionaire bastard. Well, I'm sure I'd feel much worse if I weren't under such heavy sedation. where eardrums go to die come the living legends of rock and roll lunacy. This is Spinal Tap. Our archive film tonight is another mockumentary and this one is 1984's This Is Spinal Tap, the film that kind of set the agenda for mockumentaries, I think it's fair to say, Johnny. Um, It follows fictional British rock band Spinal Tap on their tour of the United States as they try to deal with record company strife, falling crowds and disputes within the band. The three most prominent members of Spinal Tap are played by Michael McKean, Christopher Guest and Harry Shearer, who's now better known as the voice of most of the Simpsons characters, including the likes of Mr Burns, Principal Skinner and Ned Flanders. Um, right, so, Spinal Tap. Johnny, regarded as an absolute classic, how's it aged? I think it has dated a bit, wouldn't you, mm. but it feels like it was made a lot earlier than the 80s. Yeah. I don't know if that's an aesthetic choice or it was just the 80s. But it feels like <laughs> America's decade. The sort of 70s or 60s almost. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in terms of sort of the, the way it's done and, and being a sort of the mockumentary founding father, it sort of holds up pretty well, I think. It is of a, it is of a time. And I think that because they were the first ones to really do that style of cliched, dumb band, behaving yeah. like that, and I think because we've seen it so many times since then, that maybe. I think yeah, I think that's the case. Is you know, with films that really started a trend, mm. is when you watch them back in hindsight, you've seen sort of the influence so much. Yeah, it sort of detracts from the original impact, doesn't it? And there are definitely more pure laugh out loud moments. I think. It's the film that gave us turn up to eleven and stuff like that. And, of course. And um, I like the interaction between all the characters and things like that, especially the the, the two friends at the centre of it, the the lead singer and the yeah. guitarist, Nigel and David. I think the thing is, when you're watching it, it gets to a point when you it, it's so close to the bone that you're not sure whether you're watching a mockumentary anymore or yes. it is just a documentary about a band. Yes, I think it's the one uh, that really blurs the lines the most. Yeah. It could almost be real. I think if you just sat people down and watched it yeah. and told them nothing about it, and they didn't. They would just say it was a documentary about a ridiculous band. Well, my mum said that when she first saw it. She actually thought it was real. I mean, I think if you'd made the film in the 80s about Alice Cooper or any of those sort of big hair metal bands, it yeah. probably would have been exactly the same. You wouldn't even need to have written any yeah, jokes. It wouldn't it would have been, been just as ludicrous. Yeah, like Motley Crue. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> Just a bit more extreme, probably Motley Crue. Because, I mean, they basically became a proper band in the end, really. Yeah, they played gigs, didn't they? They played gigs and festivals and things, despite the fact, you know, being a joke band. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the lyrics and and the the subtle moments are are where the sort of real comedy is. Like when the uh, pod won't open for the bassist. Yeah. (laughs) You can't get on stage, that's great. I like it when they're going through the reviews. Yeah, yeah. It's just absolutely panning it. And what does he say? It's just nitpicking. Yeah. And he's like, it's like that's, this is like the worst thing of all time. And it's, it's one of the reasons it's like shit, shit, shit or something. Shit, sam- shit sam- Shark Sandwich is the name of the album. Yeah, <laughs> more like shit sandwich. Two word of you, shit sandwich. And they were like, no, they can't have produced that. <laughs> they can't right? print it. What, where are they printing that? Yeah. <laughs> How are they printing that? 
Uh, I love their fake British actors as well. I think that kind of adds to it as, as well. Yeah. Because they're all American, the actors. Right, so Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap, sorry. Uh, what are we giving this out of 10, Johnny? Um, I mean, we should make it out of 11. Oh, we should make it out of 11. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I'll have to add another one on there. I think we'll probably give it a, a, a solid 8 out of 11. Mm-hmm. 8 out of 11. I, I think, yeah. I'd give it a tiny bit more, 8.5. Why, why are you giving it 8? I think it's probably, it, it's sort of dated in age a little bit. You know, as we said, you know, there's been so many things that have sort of tried to replicate mm. it that it's probably lost its, it tarnished a bit. I, th- I think it's a, a bit of a victim of its own success, yeah. I think, in that sense. But also, I think the first time I saw it, I found it a lot funnier. So maybe the humour doesn't date Yeah, as much. I think you're right on that. I think it's, it's definitely one for a first-time watch, and then you don't necessarily need to watch it again because this humour's been dealt with, but yeah. it is hilarious. Is the world really ready for Spinal Tap? You put a greased, naked woman yes. on all fours yes. with a dog collar with around dog collar. her neck and a leash. And a leash. And pushing a black glove in her face to sniff it. You don't find that offensive? No, You don't, don't. find that sexist? Yes, well, you should Listen have seen the cover they wanted to do. It's time now for my favourite part of the show. My favourite part of the week, in fact, Johnny. Three Fast, Three Furious. For those of you at home who don't know, Johnny has 30 seconds to review three trailers from what he's seen, and we are then going to decide which of those we think sounds the best, based purely on the scientific uh, examination that is the trailer. So, are you ready, Johnny? <coughs> yeah, let's go. <clears throat> well, I've got my 30 seconds on the clock. So, in three, two, one, go. Bridget Jones' Baby, the final entry in the Big Knicker trilogy. A cynical milking of the franchise for all it's worth by marketers rather than filmmakers. And Ed Sheeran cameo says it all. Oh, God. Next. Mechanic, The Resurrection. The greatest actor of our generation, Jason Statham, is back giving an Oscar-worthy performance. (laughs) Really? Except the fact there's no drama and no characters. It's just more explosions and head smashing. (laughs) Sully. Tom Hanks stars in Clint Eastwood's dramatisation of the miracle plane landing on the Hudson River. Expect good old-fashioned Oscar baiting from America. Lovely stuff. Okay, so, wow, that, I mean, once again, not the strongest selection of films. Yeah, by the it's, not, it. it's not an excellent batch coming out. I'd rule out Bridget Jones immediately just by having that tosser edge here in it. Looks awful. Yeah. Looks looks like a real cashing in on, on the final name. And the fact that Renny Zelga's had a load of sort of plastic surgery and doesn't really look the same is kind of weird. It would be interesting to see what song Ed Sheeran's going to rip off to, to play in that. <laughs> Because yet again he's being sued for uh, ripping off Marvin Gaye this time. Yeah. Last time it was another was random nobody from X Factor. Matt Cardle. Matt Cardle, yeah. Ripped off him, then he ripped off Marvin Gaye. Uh, and then we had... Uh, Mechanic, Mechanic Resurrection. Yeah, probably the less said about that, the better. I mean, it's Jason Statham, so you know you're going to have a good time. <laughs> uh, and then the final one, which is probably the one I'd suggest we'd actually yeah, watch. Yeah, Sully. Tom Hanks and... Do you say Steven Spielberg? Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Oh, wow. Clint Eastwood's a bit of a... Trumpite, isn't he? Loves yeah, a bit of Donald Trump. I mean, Trump. if you spend your whole life as a cowboy, then yeah. what could you expect? He said a brilliant, a brilliant line in in support of Donald Trump. He said, "When I was a kid, these things weren't racist." <laughs> He's like, "Ah, yeah, you mean before the civil rights era, Clint?" Classic Clint. In in the whole lynching phase, yeah. Okay, that's. Um... Clint's probably just th- talking about uh, times in the Wild West. Yeah, that's true. He's probably forgotten he wasn't actually a cowboy. <laughs> yeah. When I was hanging them there Mexicans yeah. for rustling my cattle, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't just go for the whole actually do an accent. I just did a slightly different voice. Yeah. 
<laughs> I did I did a cowboy speak in an English accent which doesn't really work um, okay so we'll go and watch that despite the director's questionable I politics. think it will probably be good solid drama yeah if a bit boring you can't really base a film on, on the director's politics cause, or, or you know his actions because then you wouldn't watch anything by Roman Polanski or no, Mel or Gibson Woody Allen. or Woody Allen yeah you'd be slim picking <laughs> yeah you're just left with Adam Sandler and Michael Bay <laughs> I was on this tour for one reason, money. But now I got a new reason, kicking your ass. Well, <laughs> I'd like to see you try. Let's do it. I'm hey. on a golf course. Hey, hey, what is going on here, huh? Oh, I was just um, looking for the other half of this bottle. And, uh, oh, there's some of it right there. There's, there's some right there, too. Why don't you just put it down? Yeah, I know. So traditionally, to finish off the show, it's top five's time. And this, t- this week, it's my turn to do it. So we're going to do... Top five mockumentaries in honor of the two we've done uh, this week we've reviewed. So let's start with number five, which is going to be Best in Show, which was from 2000. It was uh, a film that followed competitors in a dog show and their owners. And it was actually directed by Chris- Christopher Guest, who is one of the members of Spinal Tap. Oh, yeah. Um, so he, yeah, he directed that. And it actually stars, it's, the, it's a cast that's kind of a cross between American Pie and Spinal Tap, actually. I mean, that's a pretty excellent combination. Yeah, I mean, that's a selling point itself. So it's got Michael McKean, who is the one who played David in Spinal Tap, Jennifer Coolidge, Stifler's mum, and Eugene Levy. So you know it's going to be good. All the good stuff. Yeah, I think there was the, it was the other film he did that wasn't in the American Pie franchise. <laughs> yeah. So that's number five, best in show. Number four, I've gone for Borat. Yeah. Or to give it its full title, Borat, Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Which you forget is a... a documentary technically yeah yeah mockumentary it's him going and you know making this documentary around the United States and you know it's it's just hilarious it is a fantastic watch it's not doing anything particularly clever in fact it's almost entirely base humour but the scene of Borat wrestling Azamat naked and running through the hotel will forever (laughs) stay in my memory yeah. Much as I don't want it to, because what has been seen can't be unseen. It really can't be unseen. There's so. a lot of lot of hair, a lot of hair on show. Number three, and that is Drop Dead Gorgeous, which is a 1999 film about a beauty pageant, and it's got a great cast: stars uh, Kirsten Dunst, Denise Richards, Kirsty Alley, loads of others. It was Amy Adams' first major film as well. And it's basically a beauty pageant where loads of the loads of the contestants start dying, and you've got the head-to-head between Kirsten Dunst, who's like the the really sweet, nice girl next door, and then Denise Richards, who's the fake sweet, nice girl next door, who's the vicious, like, win-at-all-costs mentality kind of okay. person. Uh, it didn't actually get very good reception at the time from critics, but subsequently there's been a bit of a, a rethinking about it, and it's actually quite, you know, it's, been, it's definitely, its following's increased over time, and it's become a lot more, you know, well-regarded, and it's a bit of a cult movie now. But it's got a great heart. It's definitely worth a watch. I have to give that a watch. Yeah, it's a good film. I like it. Pass me under the radar. I like it. Uh, Number two, and this is why I had to drop Ted Gorgeous number three, I'm actually going to put Spinal Tap at number two. I mean, it's got to be in there, doesn't it? As much as we've been talking about how it's the best mockumentary, I think there's something we've slightly overlooked, but it could be a controversial one. But, you know, for all the reasons we've talked about, Spinal Tap at number two, great film. You know, if you didn't get enough from our review, go and watch it. Eight and a half out of eleven. Uh, but number one, and I hope you'll give me this, Johnny, the Blair Witch Project. Oh, yeah, controversial from nineteen ninety nine. Because technically, I think it is a mockumentary, right? It is. Yeah, discovered footage of people trying to make a documentary, but it's it's a fake documentary. And that's all. I mean, found footage is. as a 
concept. You know, it's everywhere in every horror film, does mm-hmm. it? And they were the first ones to really do it. So. Yeah. Genuinely terrifying film. Uh, and in fact, we spoke about um, Spinal Tap blurring those lines, but I think this film, more than any other I've seen, blurs the lines between the yes. reality and the fake. Like, this really could be real. It's genuinely terrifying, and it made almost $250 million at the box office from a budget of half a million, so. That's not bad. Yeah. When it first came out, people weren't cynical and jaded about, you know, found footage horror. Yeah. Like Paranormal Activity 7. Yeah. So it's I think when people watched it, and, you know, is it sort of real? Is yeah. it a thing? So, you know, that is a good show. Yeah, I like the swim. Oh, yeah, I love to swim. When I was in New York, I met Greg Louganis at one of my brother's shows. Yeah! 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 So that's it from The Movie Men for another week. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, make sure you follow us on Twitter at The Movie Men Show and keep listening through iTunes and SoundCloud. And get yourself over to the latestpictureshow.com too. What have you got in there, Johnny? Uh, I'm going to do a review of The Shallows, which I saw the other night. Oh, yeah? Which uh, was actually very good. It was basically Jaws for the gap year generation. Oh, good, good. Gap year, Jaws. Find, find yourself <laughs> and then get eaten by a shark. <laughs> find yourself in the middle of the ocean and get chomped. Good, good, okay. That sounds great, Johnny. And for you listeners out there, we're going to try and get the show out every couple of weeks on a Monday. So that's what we're going to be aiming to be releasing the show on Monday, so you know a bit more regularly. For all, all 40 of you out there who, who listen. <laughs> we, are, we are the foregone conclusion of podcasting. If, if that. All two tickets sold. <laughs> all two tickets sold. We would definitely lose a battle of the podcasters. Yeah, 100%. We'd we'll be <laughs> yeah. on first. Yeah, we'd be on first. Off, off very swiftly. So hopefully you enjoyed the show and hopefully we'll keep you coming back for more. Johnny, ask me how I'm spelling coming. What did you think was the best song in Life on the Road? Uh, to be fair, the songs aren't actually that bad. Well, they, they're, they're I mean, they're, really... When you listen to the lyrics, they're terrible. <laughs> yeah. On first night, it could the just tunes. be Train. Yeah, that's true. The tunes are proper standard middle of the road. Yeah. Yeah, like, there's a million bands doing that. Like you say, it could be Train. <laughs> Who else could it be? It's like, I'm sure the other bands like that. It is that Travis. Song. It could be... It yeah, could that's all be Travis. Was, that's what I was thinking of the whole film. I was thinking, this is just like Travis.